Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. Dallas, Texas is where uh, Monday Night Raw emanated from last night. Uh, let's start the show with uh, giving, first of all, a round of applause to uh, Mr. McMahon and the WWE highest stocks for deciding to bring on Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff themselves, respectively, to be the new executive directors of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. I'm I'm excited for the direction of the programming. And the news was the biggest thing all week, next to Seth Rollins retaliating on all of the entitled part of the internet, but the rest of them all just uh, jumping down his neck. And um, yeah, apparently this uh, this definitely seems like the way we're really building now to uh, the Fox deal with SmackDown Live. And if Raw was any indication, then things are definitely looking forward. Now, well, let's say looking forward with a new pair of frames. So. With that, the show opens up. Falls count anywhere. It was most definitely uh, uh, promoted. Falls count anywhere. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman. No test of strength. I thought these guys were maybe going to, uh, I don't know, or is it have like a race on the obstacle course or do a, what's another test of strength outside of uh, a tug of war? And uh, what did else they do? I don't want to say it doesn't matter because what took place last night finally brought their rivalry to that next level that uh, everyone believed they could eventually get to, just didn't know how. These guys had the match started out early with uh, the awesome roll, the you know big spear, giant shoulder tackles outside, just a big man match. Strong muscle everywhere. Both of these, they fight out into the crowd. All kinds of madness. Good uh, vertical suplex. I would call it a snap suplex, but Braun is not a man of small stature. But, um, yeah, got a vertical suplex on the uh, stage area. Very good stuff. Looked like just, just so much strength on Bobby Lashley's side. And Braun Strowman is so uh, limber and talented. Who knows what he's going to bring out next? A giant senton. I would say those was uh, two of the top five moves of the evening that I can remember off uh, the top just uh, sharing all of it right now. Well, at least my idea of last night. So whatever. On to the big part that we all want to hear about with this, man. Bobby Lashley had Strowman down up on top of the ramp. He was looking like he was going to go for one more spear to put things away. And Braun, yo, he got up with the quickness and his takeoff. His takeoff with the uh, with just the run in general was great. So we all know he's quick. He literally plowed through Bobby Lashley. 
and both of these guys went through the uh, LED wall and this led to a bunch of pyro going off uh, for about uh, damn what 30 seconds maybe the, the Dallas crowd was just ecstatic with you know pyro giant uh, giant attack just just it was quite the fight and that move it was just something else it it, it was unexpected it was <laughs> it, it looked painful outside of the well, yeah outside of the storyline and uh inside of the storyline oh my goodness so uh man it was just something else so everybody screamed i I couldn't control my language in the moment, so man, it was really crazy to hear Corey Graves go holy shit on nationally broadcasted television. I thought it was hilarious. I would see past that just because of the moment in itself, so hopefully there's no trouble there, but man, it was definitely an excellent way to open up Monday Night Raw, got the crowd emotionally invested in the show, and uh, throughout the rest of the show, there were nothing but well wishes from basically each and every superstar that got the opportunity to do a promo segment, whether it was with Charlie or by themselves, you know, where they wished uh, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman well, wanted to see them, you know, get better from that hellacious situation that they found themselves in, so... These guys are big, strong dudes. I'm pretty sure they'll be fine. Corey Graves is back there, you know, looking into it. You can see the the camera angle that Raw was using was, you know, it was one of those, uh, it, it was a good angle. I liked it, you know, just with, you know, showing that the stadiums have so many different angles that they, you know, sometimes can't even use just because it would, you know, almost blur the line from, you know, backstage to the front, but all in all, good opening segment, holy F, no one expected to see anything like that going into the show, but uh, I went into it having faith in the product, so let's move on to the next segment. All right, so Bobby Strowman and Bobby Strowman, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman are carted off and uh, taken to a local medical facility. So shouts to Dallas Fire and Rescue for that. And uh, we get on into our first tag team action of the evening with the Viking Raiders taking on the New Day. So these guys have a a nice uh, start to a match and Samoa Joe interferes. It was Big E and Woods. Kofi runs down with the Samoa Joe interference. Chaos ensues, but this eventually gets ordered, and uh, a tri- two triple threat, a six-man tag team match is made between Samoa Joe and the Viking Raiders, taking on all three members of the New Day. So, shouts to the WWE Champion and the Challenger, you know, getting on television, and you know, this is one of the ways that they were able to weave in and out of the commercial breaks. We all know that some. Uh, some of, I'd say, almost 70% of the internet wrestling community is not a fan, or the internet podcast community is not a fan of um, 
the way they're going about it, using words such as excuses to get to commercial or whatever. And I'm like, well, hey, guys, let's uh, understand that this is how the money is made. So if these guys got to pay the bills, they got to pay the bills. And they're trying to find new and different ways, you know, to be able to segment that segment the commercials in and not really have any true uh, breaks from the television viewers action you know so I mean I'm not I'm not opposed to some of the ideas and I would definitely agree with the idea that they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks it makes sense to uh, you know try to find these ways and try to find a good balance in how the commercials are divvied out and how you know, uh, long the people aren't seeing action, it gives the opportunity for the superstars to, you know, cut promos in the ring. You know, it gives the live audience a little bit more to maybe enjoy and feel like, yeah, this is our special show because we were here and this is what took place in a in a segment you didn't see on Monday Night Raw. So, you know, I'm not mad at it. And so, um, yeah, these guys have their six-man tag. Uh, a lot of toward the end, a lot of dive spots, and the ultimate ending was Samoa Joe uh, locking in the coquina clutch on Kofi Kingston after a trouble in paradise hits on uh, one of the Viking Raiders on the apron. Um, and Joe needed to win. I'm glad to see Joey win. We all want to see at least the challenger looking strong, you know. Uh, I'll say this going into the match, Kofi has been given the opportunity to truly cement his legacy and uh, be one of the more memorable WWE champions in recent memory. It's The title has had a long, long run, and this most modern run with uh, the, what, 371-day reign, I believe, of AJ Styles and you know, Daniel Bryan changing the belt, <laughs> you know, like that's, this is, uh, these are big happenings and it's been like, you know, just tough acts to follow. So with Kofi and just being able to, uh, pick up the victories he's been able to pick up and, you know, have the WWE universe, uh, rocking with them, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how his championship reign is followed up because clearly he can't be champion forever, but, you know, uh, he wants to be the best champion he can be, and Samoa Joe has attacked from behind and even gotten the upper hand in the match from behind. So I would I would say that's the fifty-fifty. <laughs> you know, like he's he knows how to do uh, what he needs to do when he needs to do it. And so um, yeah, if Samoa Joe. Uh, by any indication that last night goes into Sunday like that, he could definitely uh, be a, a strong contender for the championship. We'll see, though, how uh, that all plays out. I have no ponies in the race. Of course, we want Kofi to win, you know, but I wouldn't be mad if Samoa Joe won. I think a heel champion would be cool, but we'd just have to see how uh, the storyline would uh, cater to a Samoan submission specialist, you know, like, as the top champion, in so many words, of SmackDown. He is a raw superstar, but 
we're still I think the wild card rule right now you know you plant the seed and you can't you don't know how a tree is gonna grow you know so we'll see how um how things continue to play out but ultimately I did enjoy uh that tag team match it turned into a six-man tag with the commercials attached hey it's television so you know like it's television it's not Mortal Kombat <laughs> if that makes sense so yeah Hey, good stuff. Let's head on into the next segment. The best in the world. There's nothing embarrassing about that. I think uh, if you claim to be the best, you think you're the best, you feel you're the best, why wouldn't you have one of the best entrances in sports entertainment? I'm just saying. So, uh, Shane O'Mac, uh, Drew McIntyre down at the ring has uh, a couple of words about the Undertaker said Roman begged the Undertaker to help him out, you know, and uh, this event, and they called out the Undertaker, oh man, so the Reaper comes out, tells Shane, first of all, shouts to, shouts to the Undertaker for, you know, coming back, and from what the word is, is uh, he's trying to get that bad taste out of the fans' mouth of what happened back at Saudi Mania 3. We don't feel no way on this side. We know that uh, mistakes happen. We'll see how uh, Goldberg decides to try to redeem himself in the match. But as far as Undertaker's concerned, you know, he's already solidified. You know, there's... And they take nothing away from Goldberg, even though he was kind of bugged out. You know, like, you can't do the same things you used to do. You know, don't bang your head on a door, you know, before your match. But, um... Yeah, you know, Taker's already solidified. He's been here generation after generation. Shane McMahon and uh, Drew definitely put him over. Drew is not afraid. Drew wants to take him on. Like, he's called out to Undertaker. He came out. Great entrance. Great lighting. Definitely the aura and the mystique was there. Dallas loved it. You know, Take told him, even though you're the best in this world, bro, pretty much you... You dealing in the underworld when you're messing with me now. And that's how, you know, the the segment should have... I think that's the way it was supposed to be conveyed or that's the way they wanted it conveyed. So that all took place. But, you know, Shane and Drew were outside of the ring all the way in the crowd. It was uh, some very good stuff. Just with, uh, you know, Drew not showing any fear toward him. I think that him and Undertaker would definitely have some uh, good spots in a match, so in this tag team match, I'm definitely intrigued to see just how uh, well they all are able to mesh with Roman attached, so um, good segment, and I'm definitely uh, excited about getting into the next one, so what did we have? Alright, so we gotta speak on it because the uh, internet has their feelings on it. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. First of all, Seth Rollins being called the man's man, perfect. That shit is great. But that's if we're to actually continue calling out the fact that these two are in a relationship. Now, I can say that they have great chemistry, seemingly. Like, if they're going out, if they're, whatever their business is, like, if they're they're building, they, they're close, like, if you look at them, you can see the fact that they both think each other are hot. You know, they've been knowing each other for years, and 
you know, you could see that, you know, like, you could see it, enough said, you know, uh, the little promo segment, if you're into, you know, some of that old school lovey-dovey banter, then it was the segment for you with these two, if not, then, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm half and half on that. I enjoy it, but I just don't want to see, uh, I don't want to see a forced version of it or a forced reenactment of it. I would like to see the natural conversation. So knowing that these guys are doing a scripted promo, you know, and they've got their lines that they have to stick to, cool, but, and excuse me, and their character that they have to stick to also, cool, but... We do know that these guys are in a relationship. How many times have we heard it thus far? And uh, if they are, then it has to show. Like, it can't, again, it just can't feel forced. I don't want to go into too much intricate detail because I'm not actually up there performing the stuff. You know, so it's, you know, I guess the only thing would be because the WWE Universe is all, oh my God, dude. This is this is cringe. All right. Well, let everybody uh, just get a little more comfortable with each other and, and show that they have a very natural chemistry and bond. The test of the relationship is on. So I'm pretty sure we'll all be looking uh, very closely at their match. But they had their little segment backstage. It was a little cute. It was, it was all right. I wasn't upset with it. And this uh, got that got Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in the locker room. Baron called it a fling. Said, "Is it really worth it, man? Look, you Baron Corbin just started rocking with Lacey, so now these two are gonna try to break up the man and the man. Oh man! <laughs> Either way, you know, good storyline though. Like." It's all right. They lost a couple of times, so they wouldn't be the most credible threat in so many senses. But at the same time, it's um, it's all right. Like, I'm not mad at it. Lacey doing her thing. She's still in character. She had a matchup with Natty next. And they definitely had a good one. Uh, Natty, you know, the, she's definitely going to be able to uh, keep up with you and get you in the top ring shape. So Lacey was able to do a thing top spot from Lacey for me was the uh was her elbow I definitely enjoy seeing her do it uh her little Bronco buster in the corner I'm I'm cool with the move it's not like one of my favorite moves but this is her practicing and you can see and I'm talking it's more moves than that but it's just like you can see her definitely putting in the practice and these moves are coming out uh that much more uh crisp and concise and I'm 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 happy to see that she's uh just really coming into her own you know, in ring and on the microphone, and not to say, well, pretty she always had the mic skills, but um, yeah, very good. Corbin interferes, pulls Natty's leg when she's going against the ropes. Oh man, this is bad. And Natty was just getting the offense going, like, um, why would Corbin interfere? That's just crazy, but um, yeah, and Natty uh, distracted. Well, Natty off the distraction gets caught up with the woman's right. Oh my goodness! Just should just lit her whole night up. My God, 
So Natty got knocked out. Very, uh, very sad. But Lacey uh, picked up uh, quite the victory there. Uh, good victory, almost a necessary victory to have her look strong going into uh, the match against Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins for the Women's Championship or the Raw Women's Championship and the Universal Championship. That's Extreme Rules. What is it? Extreme in a week from Sunday? Is that two weeks out? Either way, fun stuff. I I definitely uh, enjoyed the quick match. And, um, yeah, it made the woman's right, right look that much more devastating. I'm still trying to see, like, Natty's still one of my top in-ring, you know, performers in the women's division. So, I don't think she looked weak at all in defeat. I hope that they're able to find uh, something and... I'm I'm trying to see some good old Mac technique from from uh, the girls that we don't really get to see the Mac technique from. So hopefully we uh, get to see more of it in the coming weeks after this little program because people are totally uh, tired of seeing it. But um, hey, we'll we'll see until it's through. So uh, let's get on into the next segment. Miz and Elias, two out of three falls. Standard stuff. Not a bad win for uh, Miz. I'm happy that he actually picked up the win. Uh, he got the first fall. Skullcrush finale really came out. The emotional storm was a thing. And um, Elias had... Well, Elias had to drift away after the commercial break. And the third fall was a fairly fought match. And uh, uh, Miz was able to pull out the victory. Good stuff. Proud of Miz. Shouts to him for uh, getting that. And... Um, you know, he backstage the interview says he's now he wants to mix in old Miz and new Miz, new Miz, you know, dad Miz, uh, you know, two time dad Miz, or soon to be. Uh, he uh, wants to mix that with the old school Miz, that badass Miz, that hill Miz that everyone kind of wants to see again because the face Miz isn't really picking up as many victories. Uh, I, I, I would like to see it also. I would like to see Miz uh, be able to mold and mold his character and really uh, just continue to expand on it. I think it's going to be really interesting uh, when we do get to see him and Shane go at it again. Hey, what's a heel turn from Miz and then getting the crazy heat that Shane is getting right now and then they go for the tag championships again? Who knows? I'm just, just saying things. But, um, yeah, uh, oh, no, good two out three falls match. People still complain about this two out three falls thing. Look, listen, you could complain as much as you want. Do you know what the reality is of that? It was only one of those matches last night. Only one match. So why are y'all still complaining? Stop it now. Stop complaining, please. Please. Let's get on into this next segment. Oh, man. Uh, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch got their uh, tag match uh, coming up after the backstage interview. It was uh, much to everyone's surprise. We got to see Mike and Maria Kanellis in ring. First of all, the first lady of 205 Live could be argued to be Alicia Fox, but, well, excuse me, Alicia Fox, but... She's not married. And uh, 
but Maria Canellis is clearly. Uh, we know that she is. Well, you wouldn't know that unless you knew that Mike Canellis took her last name. So, with that, um, great to see him in the ring. I believe uh, Mike Canellis was getting ready to get Maria involved. And that don't fly over here on the main roster, main roster with the flagships now. Uh, you could try to do that on 205 and you might get over with it, you know. But nah, man, not up here, in the, you know, not up here with the big boys play. So uh, I think Becky was going in because, you know, the mixed match rules or however it works. One thing I started, my ears popped up when I heard. Uh, Maria Canellas go I'm pregnant so she's pregnant so congratulations question mark to Maria Canellas and Mike Canellas but no uh, Mike Canellas gets tapped out with the disarm her by Becky Lynch which is like oh my goodness what huh but Mike Canellas is doing such a good job well, he's been so now you know, main roster is different, but um, yeah, pretty crazy because after that, Maria Canellas pretty much turned on. Did she turn on her before the disarm her or whatever? But man, just called him out, said, "Look, you can't, you ain't getting me pregnant or something like that, or you're not a real man, and all of that, all of that berating." Like, oh my goodness is this really happening between those two top spot of the night <laughs> i had to ever get that one top spot that was so crazy we had some heavy hits but nothing hit harder and then the damn there's just a just a mean woman now we don't know if she really pregnant or not uh if she is again congratulations if she's not and mike is having a problem with uh his, his soldiers uh hey it's not my lane to speak on i think uh the storyline will continue to tell itself and uh hopefully everyone comes out of this highly entertained everybody not it just might come in out as the butt of the joke but we will see as the time progresses itself but all in all uh Almost, I think I think Maria Canellas gets MVP of the night. Did you hear how her voice shifted when she started going in? Like, yeah, now that's that's good stuff. If she ain't pregnant, get her in the ring. We need to see what she could do again. I wasn't around when she was in the ring, so I'm really trying to see what she could do. Okay, NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. Uh, I don't remember their names again. I, I do. I knew their names. And I think I can remember one of them, but I'm not going to call out one without calling out the other. That's, I'm not, I just, they're the NXT Tag Team Champions for a reason, so they deserve a lot more respect. But I just don't follow that product. I know, I know it's there, and I know what it is. And I'm totally amazed with any highlight I hear about it. But, yeah, it's just, uh, whatever, right? It's all good. I'll definitely watch the big shows just to see how their amazing stories culminate. But they got the tag team champions on uh, or NXT tag team champions on WWE TV. Good stuff. Is that a call up? I don't think so because these guys still have things to do uh, where they are. But 
all in all, very good stuff that these guys had backstage. I would give them 8.8. Some of it was a little over the top. You bring up, you know, black stereotypes and such like that. Uh, they've, they, they clearly know how to speak the language, you know? And they clearly know how to shift from, you know, speaking that language to being funny characters. And I know that all in all, main thing is they can definitely translate all of that slick talk to in-ring capability. So um, once these guys do officially make their way over to the main roster, I'm pretty sure they're going to definitely be a top act. It's going to give the tag team division a very cool boost and... You know, I just can't wait till it does take place. So we'll see how that goes. Nikki Cross uh, went and took on Carmella next after the Moment of Bliss segment where Carmella tried to tell Nikki Cross that Alexa Bliss is just using her. Uh, we see how the story's playing out. It is pretty funny. It's it's going to be good when these girls do, you know, decide to go at it, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. So, um We'll see how it all continues to play out. But uh, backstage interview after uh, Nikki Cross picks up the victory over Carmella. Uh, apparently, the WWE Universe wants to see uh, Nikki Cross added to the match or in the match in Alexa Bliss' uh, place. But uh, when uh, Charlie reached out for comment uh, to Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss called out that they had no comments. So, looks like we're going to have to continue to wait for the rest of that story to develop. Very good stuff. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, it's uh, being built fairly well. And uh, Alexa Bliss celebrated that win like it was hers. So, so to the point that the guy's over in the production truck. And I feel like it was Mr. McMahon all over that one too. Might be small, but I, this is the stuff I find. Uh, just chuckleable, if that's even a word that's okay to use. But yeah, they switched the Bliss's music just to put the cherry on top that she thinks it's her win. Good stuff. Good character development as far as the storyline goes. And it was uh, it was a fun segment from the moment of Bliss to the match happening. So, uh, good stuff. Now let's get on into the next one. Alright, now Drake Maverick, uh, we know he's been chasing the 24-7 championship for some weeks now. He's even got his own 24-7 merch. <laughs> How hilarious is that? He's done such a great job that they've definitely brought him in and he's become synonymous. The former rock star Spud, now known as Drake Maverick, really finally getting his opportunity shine on WWE television, brought his wife to Raw, uh, apparently she was in the Mae Young Classic in 2017, very good stuff, uh, Renee Michelle, uh, yo, I'm happy to see that these guys are able to showcase each other and their talents, whether on microphone or, you know, just being, I don't want to say just being like, you know, funny in the moment, but, you know, this is, I guess, what the 24-7 championship is about, and you know, it was good stuff all around from uh, all sides. Backstage, pretty much Drake Maverick throws the, the little bag of luggage at R-Truth and picks up the victory. Go to the WWE social media platforms and give those some clicks just because 
Uh, we want to see uh, more crazy, over-the-top segments from the, uh, you know, 24-7 division, LOL. So, uh, yeah, Drake Maverick is your new 24-7 champion, and he's going on his honeymoon with uh, Wifey as the 24-7 champion. So we can only imagine how many times there will be a title change that we didn't know about. What, well, they would need a they would need a ref. So I guess that could be a joke that they write in next week. If we had a ref, then man, then you know how many title changes it would have been because they haven't consummated the marriage yet and all of that. Very good though. Let's hope that we could actually get a joke like that in there. It might be a little funny since WWE is being a little more edgy in these past uh, few episodes. What we hear in uh, Raw is three for three. You know, in the past three weeks, it's been a very good episode, so good stuff. And then we get into the main event where uh, AJ Styles and Ricochet go at it for a second time. Awesome sequel to their match from last week. Good good first uh, half of the match. These guys were really on just just mat technique, good Good action, good wrestling, just go. They were going at it. Good sports entertainment, and I, I definitely enjoyed it. We get into the next part of the match after the commercial break. Oh well, hold on. Ricochet was pinned, but he had his foot underneath the bottom rope, so the match had to be restarted, and they get into it for real. I believe AJ picks up a. a, a you know, Ricochet picks up a good victory after, like, the... It was a jump. Turned into, like, the wheelbarrow. And, um... Yeah, a lot of spins and turned into one of the pins where he, he was able to grab AJ's ankle and, uh, you know, secure the pin and the win. And, um... Yeah, very, very good match. I enjoyed it. It was good stuff. The Good Brothers were down at ringside this week. No problems. It was a, they, they talk a little aggressive to each other, but this is what brothers do, right? So, um, yeah, good stuff. And they, they've been, they were hyping each other the whole night about who was what. It was that awesome, set, that awesome uh, backstage segment where AJ and Ricochet both slapped each other in the face. Oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, these two are going to fight. <laughs> that's that's the energy that we all got from it. So, um, yeah, the uh, victory did belong to AJ on the evening and the heel turn. So, we're after the beatdown from the Good Brothers, the club is back. And we're going to see uh, maybe the Intercontinental Champion can come through uh, for a save. And then everybody gets their bullet club reunion that they thought they wanted, but WWE's version, but who knows? It all remains to be seen. We'll have to wait till next week on Monday night raw, but tonight is SmackDown live. Are we going to see Eric Bischoff? We're going to find out. Uh, I will catch you guys then. So shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each week. I will catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.